Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. We are fresh off the Super Bowl, and if you're curious on how the NFL came to be the juggernaut it is today, I have a great podcast for you to check out with the story that shaped the business of football as we know it. In 1961, businessman David Dixon had been working with the growing NFL to bring in an expansion team to New Orleans. But year after year, Dixon watched as the NFL expanded, first to Dallas in 1960, then to Minnesota in 1961, but not New Orleans. Fed up with the NFL, Dixon met with some of the world's wealthiest men to create an alternative league, which would become known as the United States Football League. The USFL and the NFL went head-to-head for years on and off the field. And you can hear all of the gritty details in the podcast, Business Wars, from Wondery. Join host David Brown as he brings us the brutal, unvarnished truth behind the highs and the lows in the football business matchup that would solidify only one league's future. It's a pretty incredible story. You're about to hear a preview of Business Wars, where you'll meet David Dixon as he hatches his plan for the USFL. You'll also learn how a certain future president of the United States got involved in the battle. While you're listening, be sure to subscribe to Business Wars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. You can also find a link to listen in the episode notes. It is April 15, 1984, and a man enters the swanky Pierre Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. The lobby is an ode to Big Apple wealth and status. High ceilings, crystal chandelier, a black and white checkered marble floor. The visitor fits right in. He's natalie dressed in a pinstriped gray suit and red and blue tie. His polished black loafers reflect light from above. He walks past the front desk toward the elevator banks. A few people stare and whisper, Is that... Pete Rosell, the 58-year-old commissioner of the National Football League, is hardly just another executive. No, he is the king, czar, and headmaster of the most powerful entity in professional sports. Rosell does not want to be seen here. Certainly doesn't want this visit to appear in the Times or Daily News. That would be disastrous. So he keeps his head down, walks into the elevator and presses P for penthouse. The 41 flight trip feels like an eternity. What is he even doing here? Aren't there better things to do, like 
jabbing his eyeballs out with pencils? Like watching an endless loop of Joni Love's Chachi reruns? Like... He finally reaches the penthouse level, takes a few steps, and knocks. Pete, how are you? Hello, Donald. Roselle is standing before Donald Trump. The rising New York City real estate developer owns the Manhattan's Grand Hyatt and the year-old Trump Tower. Oh, yeah, one more thing. Donald Trump owns the New Jersey Generals of the United States Football League. The United States Football League, better known as the USFL. And in the early to mid-1980s, the USFL is an upstart, but it's scaring the hell out of the NFL. When Roselle received the call from Trump a week earlier, the NFL commissioner didn't know what to think. The two men have met a handful of times at charitable balls, but they're hardly friends. But business is business. And when the owner of a team in the rival league calls, you have to listen. So, Roselle wonders, why does Trump so desperately want to talk? Roselle shakes Trump's hand and enters the suite. So, why am I here? Trump is a baby-faced man of 37. His hair, brown and wavy. His lips are thin and the color of fruit punch. When he talks, his hands move like blender blades. Pete, I'm going to be blunt. USFL. You and I both know it's a joke and it's not going anywhere. I want an NFL franchise and I'm sure you want me to have an NFL franchise. Look at me. I'm a winner. That's not what Roselle sees. The effrontery of this guy, as if. I own Trump New York, and I'm sure you understand what I can bring to your league. The power, the prestige. It's a perfect match. I want an NFL team, and I'll happily help kill the USFL if that's what it takes for me to get in. Roselle is dumbfounded. Who the hell does he think he is? You can't just demand to be let in. Roselle turns to leave. He could just walk out, but he's having a physical reaction to this man. And so he pauses. Mr. Trump, as long as I or my heirs are involved in the NFL, you will never be a franchise owner. Donald Trump is undeterred. He wants a National Football League franchise. And he will do whatever it takes, ethics and principle be damned to land one. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. In our new six-part series, USFL versus NFL, we drop in on a time before the National Football League was a $75 billion juggernaut, back when it owned not just Sunday afternoons, but Sunday nights, and Monday nights, and Thursday nights. This was a time before the lead performer at the Super Bowl halftime show was deemed international news, before Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes and Odell Beckham were household names. Back to a brief span in the early to mid-1980s, 
when an upstart spring league, the USFL, came along and tried to spike a football on the NFL's own turf. It started a high-stakes competition that involved stealing players, taking over markets, and desperately trying to change the face and feel of America's most popular sport. This is Episode 1, Birth of a League. Now, here in 2019, it's hard to imagine a rival entity causing the NFL much stress. As of this moment, two new football leagues, the XFL and the Alliance of American Football, are planning launches within the next year. The NFL is responding like a lion with a flea landing atop its mane. Even with its issues, the NFL is the biggest show on the planet, an untouchable sports monolith. August 7, 1961. It's a steamy day in New Orleans, and local businessman David Dixon is pissed. He slams down the phone. He can't believe what he's just heard from the NFL's treasurer. The league's chosen Minneapolis as the location for its next team. Minneapolis? This has to be a joke. He clenches his fists. The feeling of frustration is familiar by now. Though Dixon is just 37, he spent the past decade trying to land an NFL franchise in his hometown of New Orleans. To Dixon, a football team takes a city from the minor leagues to the majors. It means you don't merely exist on the map. You're a destination. And he was assured New Orleans would be next. Dixon walks into his kitchen, where his wife notices he's clenching his jaw. Bad news? They rejected us again. I really don't know how much more of this I can take. Well, there'll always be another chance. Will there? Will there? Dixon's frustration morphs into anger, and that anger morphs into rebellion. He loves the NFL, but does he really need the NFL? You know, the only reason football is known as a fall sport is because Rutgers and Princeton played the first-ever game in the fall. Do you know that? If those teams had played in the spring, football would probably be a spring sport, don't you think? Uh-huh. So why not a spring football league? Why wouldn't that work? Mary has no answer. Two years later, in the spring of 1963, Dixon finally takes action. He flies to La Jolla, California to visit the house of Paul Brown, the legendary Cleveland Browns founder and former head coach. After nearly two decades, he's recently been fired by the franchise he created. Dixon knows there's no love lost between Brown and the NFL. And he also knows Brown is a no-nonsense genius with a football IQ of 500. Dixon's come to sell Brown on his idea, which he's calling the United States Football League. Hi, this is David Brown, host of Business Wars, and I hope you enjoyed this little sampler. I'm having so much fun learning about the larger-than-life characters and the human drama behind these epic stories, and I hope you'll consider this a personal invitation to join us for more. It's really easy to do. Just subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you're listening to this. You'll find a link in the episode notes as well. And we hope you'll tell your friends to check us out and subscribe too. 
Let us hear from you, and thanks for listening.